All right. How's it going, everyone? I'm Mark. I'm Ian. And this is the Uncaped Crusaders Review. We are back in Batman the Animated Series with a slightly different format. Ian, do you want to explain to everyone why the format is now different? Well, we uh, we made the wise decision uh, to move the movie swap segment to an actual uh, YouTube series. Uh, it, it works better format-wise to you know talk about movies in depth. We get you know more time to actually go into the films that we watch or have each other watch, and then also. It clears up time on this podcast to actually just focus more on the Batman stuff. Mm-hmm. Yep, streamlines it, kind of going back to the way we really kind of started the podcast. It was, I mean, I'm pretty sure, at least at the beginning, we weren't really doing any news. We definitely weren't talking about movies or doing movie swap. Um, we might have yeah, been doing beginning, some. Like, we might have been doing some. One topic. We might have been doing some Batman news, but we weren't doing any of the movie stuff, anything else. So we were no, just no. talking about the movies or then watching the movies. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so a little bit more streamlined now. Should be shorter, which is good for you guys. It won't be hour and a half to two hours anymore. It'll now be probably around an hour, less than an hour, I would assume. But, you know, it obviously yeah. depends on the episodes. This week, I doubt it's going to be super sure. long because there's not a whole lot oh, to get yeah. into with these three nope. episodes. We got the two... Heart of Steel episodes, and we have, um, if you're so smart, why aren't you rich? One of the only two full episodes with the Riddler in the entire Batman animated series and the new Batman adventures. Only Crazy. two. Uh, he's a side character in Trial, and yeah. he shows up in a Superman animated series episode where Batman and Superman s- switch uh costumes he's in that episode too it's like i think as a bane henchman or with bane at some point and i think those are the only two appearances other than these two in the entire series and uh which is sad it's really sad because one the riddler is a great character and this version of the riddler is a great character and it's voiced by john freaking glover who's amazing as well yeah, and it's like no disrespect to John Glover, but like I don't think he was like the other situations where like an actor is such a hot commodity and so sought after that their schedule doesn't allow like you know them to be on the show more. It's like I don't get why they only had him like basically in two episodes. It's weird. Yeah, I mean, I wonder, I wonder if it's maybe he wasn't available. I mean, because I don't, I don't think he was doing a whole lot in the late nineties. That's what I'm saying. I mean, maybe it was like personal stuff, like because yeah, like career-wise, I can't think of anything. And it's not big. like it takes a lot of time to do one of these. Yeah, episodes. exactly. It's voice acting. Yeah, weird. It's, yeah, it is weird because it's a shame because he's great. I mean, we 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 sing the praises of John Glover all the time. So we freaking oh, whenever we can. Yeah, we. I mean, he's uh, he's one of those guys. He's not in a ton of great stuff. No, but. He's this good bit. I don't even know if I'd call him a character actor. He's just like a bit part actor for the most part. But I've never not enjoyed him in anything I've seen. I mean, even going to freaking Batman and Robin. Exactly. 
when he always pops up as the crazy scientist that tries to kill Pamela Isley at the beginning, and you always yeah, forget, yeah. and then always like, oh yay, there's something positive. <laughs> but uh, yeah, <laughs> he's the only good those... thing about the movie, yeah, yeah, there's not a ton, but he's just no. yeah, he's one of those guys where, at least for me, I've I've not seen him in anything that I didn't enjoy, and obviously as a huge Smallville fan, he's freaking knocks it out of the park with a character that should never work. No, that no. character should never work. A totally made up dad, like overbearing dad of Lex Luthor. That's a horrible idea. At least Which, like, I was... to me, that's a terrible idea. But then you watch him and it's him. And it's just like, oh my gosh, I can't imagine this without him. Yeah, like, uh, like on paper is a terrible idea. But like, actually think about it. Like if the DCEU had continued, that probably would have been their best bet to be like, all right, you know what? Let's uh, scrap Jesse Eisenberg and Lex Luthor and just bring in <laughs> Lionel Luthor and like have like Brian Cranston be it, like everyone wanted. Like yeah. <laughs> that's what they probably would have had to do. But like, yeah, it, it surprisingly worked in that show. Yeah, no, it, it really did. And and the 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 pairing with obviously Lionel and Lex. I mean, you got oh, two yeah. just masterful performances just you know once in a lifetime performances from michael rosenbaum and and john glover who just mesh oh man i don't know if i've seen better like father-son chemistry in any show like i mean maybe as good but i can't i can't really think of any their chemistry is is outstanding oh yeah i mean to be fair michael rosenbaum's chemistry with just about everyone on that show is is outstanding I mean, that's even, true. I even mean, freaking it, Kristen Kruick, he's he's great with. So that's true. Yeah, he. I mean, he's he's, he's so better good. with I mean, her than Clark is, for sure. Oh yeah, I probably agree with that. Um, um, I mean, yeah, he's the best live action Lex Luthor easily. Oh yeah, it's. I mean, uh, Gene Hackman's great. You know, I'm not. Gene Hackman. Ba- yeah, he's I'm a not bagging on Gene Hackman. No, all, no, no. But, but I totally agree. I, I don't. Let's I don't. Be, think yeah, let's close. be real here. No. Um. Anyway, so that's what we're talking about. We got the two part Heart of Steel episodes, aka. 2001 and batman odyssey not in space and uh then the the one of the very few riddler episodes real and a strong episode for sure um obviously we're not doing movie swap we are still going to use this podcast to talk batman news or any other big time movie or whatever news um and we're also we'll also use this to talk about just any new movies that we've seen just because we're, we're not going to do that with the YouTube show. The YouTube show is more concise. Podcasts are more for rambling and longer. You know, we can, we can fit more stuff into a podcast than we can with that. Um, anyway, I, I don't I don't think there's any news. <laughs> to, uh, to be no, the, only, the only news I heard is I think um, it doesn't really apply to Batman, but I heard like uh, I think the Falcon and the Winter Soldier or yeah, the Falcon and Winter Soldier TV show is finally like resuming. So hopefully that okay. means like more and more productions will start up again uh because i think they're filming like in budapest so uh so hopefully that means that we could hear about the batman beginning again because yeah it it looks like people are finally starting to kind of open up to or like the world is starting to slowly open up after corona but we're still kind of yeah you know in little activity these days yeah it'll still be it'll be a slow process and everything um but yeah so we'll see but I doubt it being delayed any further, yeah. Yeah, yeah, which is a good sign, which is a good sign. So hopefully yeah. we hear about more stuff starting again. Um, also, hopefully that means stuff won't keep being delayed. Uh, you know, the yes. stuff that's already the future dates, hopefully that means that won't happen. Because um, tenants, 
coming out in a couple months and we don't want to miss it. Yeah, no one, no one made the smart move. He stood his ground. He's like, no, I'm, I'm banking on it. And it uh, looks like that will be like pretty much the first big movie that will will open first in theaters. I mean, granted, we'll see how well it performs because I feel like there's still going to be a lot of people who aren't going to go because, of course, afraid. But yeah, that's what yeah, I'm that's worried about. The first movie, like major. Yeah, sure. I, I'm but then, worried... like, but then the studio can't like again every. Every studio has lost money. Every company yeah. has lost money. So, like, I, I feel like even if Tenet bombed, it's not like, oh, well, that's a bad movie and, and no one screwed us. It's like, okay, we all know why it did, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, obviously. Um, but anyway, I'm, I'm excited about everything hopefully moving, you know, starting to slowly move move forward. I mean, we uh, my family went we went out to eat twice yesterday because it was my mom's birthday. Oh. So we went out for lunch and then went out for dinner as well a little weird everyone wearing you know all the servers and everything wearing masks and you know they have it set up where there's like only certain areas that they seat people and stuff you know uh, adhering to all the guidelines and everything so it it, it's still weird but but it still kind of was it felt a little bit normal kind of for the first time Um, yeah at the same time you know just something as simple as going out to eat was nice to kind of have that that kind of experience again so like yeah like, like that's fine like the, the total ghost town shutdown is like yeah that that cannot be the new normal people come mm-hmm. on yeah obviously that that you know that that's not the way we can last forever but um anyway so uh yeah there's not really any news anyway. going on um yeah not not really anything so which i guess is a good thing at no. this point uh, no news is good news i feel I- like right now um, yeah, how much? Like, how much? How often news is, is awful and like infuriating. I, I'm, sometimes I'm fine with no news. Yeah, especially when you know there's a pandemic going on. Pretty much every news is gonna be something with that, uh, <laughs> some yeah. form or fashion. Yeah. So it's uh, it's pretty good. Um, there is some news in not movies, but in TV, aka the only TV show oh. I care about, which is Community. That's a lie. I, I like some more than that, but. The community cast is getting together for a table read um, in uh, like two about two weeks on the 18th, and it's it's for charity. But the whole cast is gonna be is gonna be there, including Donald Glover and Dan Harmon. The only one who's not gonna be there is Chevy Chase, which I mean makes sense because he's like 70 something years old, so you don't really want him, and he probably doesn't even know how to use. Yeah, he's at risk. It's all it's all virtual. It's not in person, obviously. But still, oh, okay. Uh, no, it's not in person. It's it's all uh, virtual. But uh, they're reunited and they're gonna do a table read of an episode of Community and then do a Q and A. So that's pretty pretty awesome, man. It's more more steps, man. More that, steps toward movie. That, that, that's totally what it is. It's to get it's to get you know buzz about you know Community and really a movie again. And that's totally what it is. It's like I a PR know. stunt. I mean. It's for the fans, of course, but that's totally what they're gearing for. You know it. That's all we care about. I'm down. I I don't care. Let's just have it lead to a movie. That's the end game. That's the end game here. This is the first yeah, time not? Donald Glover has done anything community related since leaving the show. So it's a uh, it's a big deal. Exactly. It's a big deal. Um, but anyway, so I'm excited about that happening. Um, so we don't have any um. We don't have any new movies that we watched this week, but have you watched anything interesting this week, Ian? 
Oh God, no! Literally, my my schedule has been so <laughs> so weird lately. You know, I like I have to be at work at five a.m., so I have to wake yeah. up, you know, at four. But lately, I've been I've been like I go to work, I get off around like two or three, come home, fall asleep until like midnight <laughs> or one. Then I'm awake for like three hours before I can start getting ready, and then go to work. So yeah, you I have need, not you seen need to knock anything. That off. I know I'm, I'm trying to this is like this is the latest I've stayed up like in the last two weeks so I'm hoping I can go sleep after this and be somewhat <laughs> on normal schedule but uh, uh yeah because of that I have not I haven't I think I rewatched uh, Zero Dark Thirty because uh, mm. my sister had never seen it before uh okay. last weekend but that's pretty much it I, I've been meaning to rewatch that's that for like a year summer. and a half yeah, that's a great movie I know I, I know I need I need to see it again I saw it in the theater and to be honest I don't think I've seen it since in theater um, it's just a long, I really liked long movie. It. I, I really liked it, and I just, I just haven't rewatched great. it. I need to, I sure. need to do that. I rewatched handful of movies, watched Blade over the weekend, which was, which was nice. fun. Uh, Bl- the first Blade I still like much better than the second Blade. Um, oh, totally. I, I mean, I like the second Blade a lot. I think it's great, eh. but I like, I like the first one better. The first one's more just a straight up action, crazy late nineties over-the-top action superhero movie oh, yeah. and i love it like what my friend who i watched with he hadn't seen it and he was kind of complaining with the fact that there's no challenge for blade he's like he just mows through everybody and he's like why how is he all that better than the other like full-on vampires like what what makes him better being a half vampire human thing and to be fair i don't know but all I can I think of is he was picked up by Whistler at age 13, who was already one of the top vampire hunters, and he's now been doing it for 20 years. So that's yeah. my that's my argument. Yeah. And also, I don't that's... care. Exactly. Yeah, I want to watch him just mow through about 800 different vampires for two hours. Exactly. And the only yeah. difficult one is Frost at the very end, when he gets the soul of the blood god, whatever that stupid thing is. Um, which they were very smart to <laughs> yeah. not do the full blood god crap. If you've ever seen that alternate ending, that is, whew, that is a bullet oh, dodge. God. That is a matrix dodge right there. Of and and even then, there's there's some cheesy stuff at that that climax at the oh, end. Oh sure, but I mean that that doesn't bother me because it's 1998. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the action is just so good. It's so much fun. It reminds it you know what it reminds me of. It reminds me of Kingsman. It's that type of action. Yeah, it, it I, is, yeah, I can see that. It's that over the top wire work, slow motion, but Just also, down but also like good looking action at the same time. Oh, Even yeah. though it's over the top and stylized, it still looks good. And there's yeah, like, you, can, you can tell what's going on. Yeah, there's there's good moves. It's shot in a way where you can actually see Those stuff Wesley happen. Snipes. Um, yeah, Wesley yeah. Snipes is freaking amazing. You talk about he doesn't get enough credit. We talk about you know Hugh Jackman yeah. being a great Wolverine. We talk about uh, Robert Downey Jr., Tony Stark. You know all these great casting and you know fantastic, perfect, whatever casting things. No one talks about Wesley Snipes as Blade. Nobody's gonna be able to top that. Period. And I like Marshall uh, uh, Ali or whatever. Yeah. If that ends up happening, I like him a lot, and I think he could kill it. But he's not going to be better than Wesley Snipes. Like it's just not possible. I'm sorry, I'm I'm saying it right now. No, Nobody's like, going to uh, be a like, better blade than Wesley Snipes. No, like, like he literally set the bar. Like I literally think like part of the reason why people are excited about Mahershala Ali taking on the role is because he it's kind of like oh he 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 basically already does kind of like a really good impression of Wesley Snipes. Like more so than like 
you don't think of him like actually being a good blade. You're like, oh, he's actually good. Like, yeah, he has a lot of mannerisms, like Wesley Snipes and his voice and stuff. It's like that's that's kind of what yeah. it is. We just want to see <laughs> someone who can recreate like Wesley Snipes as Blade and to actually be a new Blade. Perfectly fair. I I think Wesley Snipes could still play uh, Blade now if they did like oh, Old Man Blade, which was the original, which was the original idea for Blade Trinity to do like an Old Man sure. Blade story. Yeah, do like well, okay. I, I think he could still do it. Probably. I mean, he, he, yeah, I mean, he came back. He came back in the gym right before. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he looked like a million bucks in Expendables three a few years ago, which was terrible. But I mean, that was an awful movie because they made it PG thirteen, which was just mentally, I, yeah. I don't understand. Yeah. But um, but he looked like he looked great in that, and that was only a handful of years ago. He freaking killed it in uh, Dolomite. Dolomite. Yeah. He steals the movie from Eddie Murphy. Yeah, I... Um. Anyway. Oh, totally. No, I, I think he can still do it. Anyway. But uh, I watched Blade again, which is great. I watched Empire Strikes Back on Star Wars Day. I would have watched oh, the first movie, but my dad was... He went, he marathoned all three of them. I have to work like a normal person, so that wasn't happening. <laughs> but he'd already watched the first one, so uh, the second uh, one was there, which is which is fine. Um, yeah. You know, fantastic movie. Original versions, special edition original nice. versions, not or the... Um, the limited edition DVD originals. I have all of those. I don't watch the garbage special editions. Um, the only problem is the ratio is so off that you can't have it fit the screen. It's like a a rectangle box, like oh, I hate much that. smaller than the actual screen, and there's really no way to change it. Like I need a projector. That that's like the only way you could really get those ratios right. But anyway, yeah. Uh, I rewatched Real Genius, one of my top. Four or five all-time favorite movies. Val Kilmer kills it. I bought two more Real Genius shirts from Found Item, uh, Found Items Clothing, I think is the name of the site. They have a bunch of 80s TV shows, movies, stuff like that, T-shirts. And I have uh, it. They're really good, and they're 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 really good quality shirts too. I had already bought two Real Genius shirts: my I Heart Toxic Waste shirt and my International Order of Gorillas shirt i've had those for like three four years and they're amazing but i bought the two other ones they have on there the surf nicaragua shirt and the roy rogers olympics uh shirt that val kilmer wears throughout the um at different points in the movie so and uh, dude i ordered those two days ago and they came today what the hell it's the fastest shipping i've ever seen in my life they uh like they, I, I did the ex, like the three day shipping because it was a dollar more than the regular shipping. Oh yeah. I was like, oh, I'll try that, and it literally shipped that day. Like I did it, I ordered it in the afternoon, shipped that day, and literally got here today, like two days later. I've never seen oh. something that fast before in my life. Yeah. Meanwhile, the last two things I've ordered online never came. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> anyway, uh, if you haven't seen Real Genius, please do that. At some point, we'll do a movie swap episode on it just because I want to. Um, oh, of course. I watched uh, Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol. Still think that is the best the Mission best Impossible one. movie. And, uh, oh, then without I, doubt. Then I watched Euro Trip, which is not a great movie, but I, I still oh. I still enjoy it. I, I can't tell you why. Almost none of the jokes <laughs> land. Like, almost every scene, no. every set piece scene, like, for a joke, is it doesn't really land. But I like I like the two main guys. Get you. I think the two main guys are entertaining, and there's I don't yes. know there's enough in that movie. I I have low enough expectations going into that movie that it, it's fine. 
Don't then you have you. one of the greatest cameos in the history of movies, and that's un- that great that's undebated. Like, there's no debate. Oh, yeah. Top top five at least has to be Matt Damon showing up at the beginning as the punk well, punk rock lead singer is just the greatest if, random thing ever. And you have to think about it. He'd already yeah. won an Oscar like five, uh, I don't know, six years earlier for Goodwill Hunting. He had just done the Born Identity the year before is like at the top oh, wow. of his possible stardom. And then he shows up in this 2014 comedy just randomly. And and he has a shaved head, tattoos everywhere, and piercings everywhere. And he gets to sing the, the, the song, which is like the catchiest song in the history of movies. And <laughs> it's just, it's amazing. It's worth the whole movie just for that. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, I'll watch that scene. Like, I'm good. I don't need to see anything else. <laughs> It wasn't uh, uh, wasn't Kristen Krupp the, the yeah. girlfriend too. Yeah, she is yeah. at the beginning, and this is right in the middle of Smallville at its peak too. So oh, both wow. of both of them, it's it's a two pronged uh, cameo kind of assault there, which is which is great. But man, that that Scotty doesn't know song is hilarious, and and and, and it's a running it, joke it is, throughout yeah. the whole movie because it keeps showing up in every country they're in, and so that's anyway that's pretty funny. It's not great, but I I it's, it's not. as far as mid-2000s like teen raunch comedies go it's right up there i'll give it that i, I guess it's a low bar um yes anyway. uh, high bar i've seen a handful of stuff so that's really it um so yeah there's nothing else really to talk about we can jump straight into the uh straight into the episodes let's do it so we got three episodes to talk about the two-parter heart of steel and then if you're so smart why aren't you rich um so, Ian, you want to start us off talking a little bit about Heart of Steel? Uh, well, Heart of Steel uh, is an interesting two-parter. Uh, not your typical um, Batman storyline, uh, needless True. to say. I'm looking it up right now. I'm typing uh, when Terminator 2 came out, because I couldn't remember what year exactly. <laughs> uh, it came which, out that same year. Out, it came out in 91, and this aired... Oh, yeah. uh, November 92. So uh, I think it's safe to say there was some inspiration from the success <laughs> of Terminator for for these episodes. Uh, I mean, yeah, you brought up, you just, know, not just Terminator, but 2001 oh, no. Space Odyssey. <laughs> that too. I mean, there, there are, again, like it's not your typical Batman villain. I mean, the, the villain in this is a freaking AI system, Hardak it, or whatever. It's, it's Hal. It, it, yeah exactly it it's how it's, it's, it's uh, literally how it's the same voice yeah. it's the red dot the red light it, yep. it's just not in space and then like instead of um oh what's the uh what's the the company in uh terminator that they have to take down oh jeez uh, um cyberdyne uh skynet right skynet and, and, and then this one is called like cybertron or something yeah it's cyber um, yeah it's it's uh i think, I think it's, it's cybertron, cybertron. Yeah. yeah, it's Cybertron. Yeah, um, it <laughs> yeah, so it's like the, the parallels is, is just crazy. But I, I mean, I guess one of the big standouts with this episode, correct me if I'm wrong, this okay, is the first apparently, time Okay, uh, hang on. Apparently oh. the Cybertron name it comes from the planet of the Autobots and Decepticons. Oh, that's what it is. Yeah. The Transformers. Okay, yeah. I was yeah, like, so I knew again, that sounded it, familiar. So there again, there are so many freaking sci-fi nods and... and yes. And... Easter eggs and stuff, and obviously the story is taken from so many different things. But um, 
I should have yeah, watched so it. it. They that, have the they have a commentary on one of the parts, actually on the on oh. the DVDs on the Blu-rays. So I didn't I didn't watch that. I should have done that. It would have been interesting. Yeah, who wrote this episode or these episodes? Um, I feel like it was somebody. I uh, think it was just mostly the main writing Brent, team. Brent, yeah, Brent I think it's Stevens. Yeah, it's the it's kind of the main. I think it's one of the main ones. Yeah, okay. Brent, Brent. Yeah, this must have just been. Like, this must have just been like we need more episodes. What can we do? Uh, how about uh, Terminator is really big lately. Let's do something <laughs> with that. <laughs> Sure. Why if not? we can make it two part, that'd be perfect. Yeah. That's the weird part. Is like there's only what three two parters in all of Batman the animated series: Two Face, Robin's Reckoning, that. and this. Are those the only two parters? Oh, Feet of Clay uh, Four. So there's um, there's at least four. Oh, and the Cat and the Claw. Okay, so that's Cat five. And Claw, yeah. All right, there's at least five. Anyway, there's not many. That's the point. Yeah, and, not many. And most of them are fairly kind of you know a big deal and then kind of this one is like oh okay i feel like you guys just kind of wanted to cram so much stuff into it that that's why it's a two-parter yeah because i mean like a, a lot happens in these episodes like i mean it's not like terribly engaging but there's just there's so many like loops and like weird directions it ends up going I mean, at first you have like all you have like the, the briefcase that's a robot, whatever. You're like, okay, well, you know, a little weird, but you know, I can see that happening. And then, but then once you start getting into like robot clones and freaking like <laughs> stuff like that, it's like, oh, okay, like wh- where have we stumbled into? Yeah, you they they like immediately start it with the with this like briefcase that turns into this Minority Report looking robot that just can do everything. Yeah, I mean fly cut through any door and you work a computer and whatever to steal stuff from wayne tech and uh i mean yeah and then you just see that same thing happen just a bunch more with different different robots that are built to look like normal objects yeah exactly and then and yeah then you start getting to the whole like robots start replacing actual people and and like right. yeah then you have like invasion of the body snatchers all of a sudden and yeah so it's like what? Yeah, there's another um, one because <laughs> the whole point is that the, I, the I guess... ai hardak is trying to replace is it every human in the world uh or yeah or what? I think that's what he said <laughs> yeah i think that because i think that's the motivation that humans uh humans are you know of course imperfect. flawed and they imperfect and so this is you know is is Take your typical human, you know, mankind is a virus that needs to be wiped out. I mean, you see it everywhere eh, Kingsman. in terms of villain tropes. Well, I mean, but Kingsman does it satire, so I get. I know, break. I know, I know. But um, I'm just saying that's the same word that's used. Oh yeah, but like any, like anytime I see an actual movie and like the bad guy says something to the the likes of like mankind is a virus, I'm like yeah. okay, I'm done. I'm yeah. like no, <laughs> we're yeah. we're not doing this again. It's hard to get invested at this point. It's been done a lot, but uh, exactly. But I, I, the the one interesting thing is the the reason why everything's happening. Actually, I think is done pretty well because oh yeah, the, the guy who created the whole thing is uh Carl Rossum. That's the name of the character, yeah. and he started this whole thing when his daughter was killed in a car wreck. So it was just out of this grief of hating humanity and 
and everything. I was surprised that the thread didn't lead like this didn't start with him creating a like a replica of his daughter. I thought I I, I felt like that would have made sense in in this episode somewhere. Maybe that was too I know. dark. I don't know. Um, or uh, isn't that what they did in the the latest Jurassic World? Dude, I I I don't care. I I know nothing. <laughs> I know nothing. Did you ever see that? No, of course not. No. Oh, okay. No, no, no. I, I didn't see it either, but I heard that. I heard that like instead of cloning dinosaurs, they got into like cloning actual people at the yeah, end of it. Yeah, like, I, I I think that's a thread in it somehow. But anyway, <laughs> I, I'm I'm surprised it didn't have that element in there because that was like the whole motivation for it. But instead, I feel like that had to have been in the original script, and they they removed it at some point, and then they just turned I, I it bet to you're just right. he just created it because it doesn't really make sense for him to create this AI that creates replica replicas just because you hate humanity like that it doesn't really make any sense it, it makes a lot more sense if you it, did it, all this to help to try and replace your daughter and then it goes out of control totally and then like and then if you actually if you went with that you could do some interesting things where you could have it like maybe batman's conflicted like at the idea of maybe able like to bring his parents back in some yeah, way and there's yeah. some type of like yeah like there's there, I, there's so much more i feel oh, like that's you could a great that idea and, right then instead of doing you know killer robots who are you know cloning people yeah uh, that's missed opportunity idea. i totally yeah. agree that's fantastic it'd be idea. like a it'd just be like a different instead of per chance of dream it'd be like cloning and like, technology instead of like dreams and uh yeah. hallucinations or whatever you know yeah yeah no i'm yeah. on board i totally agree. I think that's a great idea um but yeah but that's this, almost... this is an episode that has again it has a lot of good ideas um, and even some of them are done decently, it's ambitious. but it, it doesn't, sure. f it's, it really doesn't fit with this show. Um, it no, doesn't really so. feel like it's this, it's even the same show. It's so vastly different, um, which yeah. isn't necessarily a bad thing, no. but, and, and the execution is just not, especially for how much time with the two part episodes i feel like you could have taken exactly. a lot of different threads like i don't I, the, the other thing with these is we we're introduced to barbara gordon for the first time in the show right which i think is done well and i like i like sure. i like this version of barbara gordon a lot and i think they do a really yeah, good I job agree. with the character um but that's not needed in this episode no. at all it, it it takes it, it brings the whole thing to just a screeching halt whenever we go to Barbara Gordon and Commissioner Gordon and the whole thing if Commissioner Gordon's replaced by one of the robots and it's Barbara being like this this what's wrong with my father this can't be like You're all of that dad. stuff and I know it's what starts to tip Batman off you know they do that but it just sure. doesn't it just the pacing just dies whenever that happens it just completely dies. And it's already yeah, slow-paced episodes, and then you bring is. that in, and it's just like this isn't needed. If you ch if you replaced that extra story thread with one of the ones that you were just talking about, with the Batman conflicted thing, or or you make it more Batman centric with some of those exactly. ethical things, that's way more interesting. Way yeah, the, more the, interesting. the biggest the biggest problem is that if you look at the story and the plot, you you ask and go what does this have to do with Batman? Because this isn't a Batman villain. Yeah. It's, it's the type of scheme that doesn't really play into Batman. It literally, 
if you took Batman out of this episode, you could use this anything this plot with any show, like any kids cartoon or TV yep. show. Like they could have the same story about you know robot, you know wanting to take over and blah blah blah. And and that's right. I think the the really the biggest problem with the episodes that like again. So it's like what you you get the moments of uh, Barbara and you're like oh yeah this is Batman and this is like something I recognize, but then. It's that, you know, odds with the whole robot storyline that, that just feels so out of place. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's a classic example of them just trying to cram too much different stuff into one one story. Um, I mean, I mean, th- this the reason why we love this show is because they do take risks and they do, you know, sure. unconventional episodes and stories. But unfortunately, it just doesn't always pay off. Yeah, and this is a good case of that. Yeah, I mean, um, again, these aren't bad. They're, they're, it's fine. No. And to be honest, watch rewatching them today, I was like, oh, these these aren't as bad as I thought, as I kind of remembered them being. But they're still just kind of unmemorable. That that's really the big problem. And and there's not too many episodes that are no. really unmemorable in the in the show. So so when they're again, that just that just goes to show just how good the show is. Whenever there's oh, yeah. episodes that aren't like great, it stands out. So yeah. I mean that that's just a positive with the whole show. Yeah, um, like, like the the, ex- the, ex- the actual execution of the episodes are still good and yeah. still you know great as always. It's just again it doesn't feel like Batman. It doesn't feel like Batman the animated series. So there's really no reason for you to come back and want to revisit these episodes because it's not you know it doesn't remind you of all the stuff you love about this series because it's such a foreign plot. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, I I kind of like the idea at the beginning where they play. They, they do kind of their surprise reveal of the assistant being the lady we saw earlier drop off the briefcase. I mean, obviously, yeah, you good. see it coming from a million miles away, but yeah, for a kid's cartoon, I think it's done pretty oh, well. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're, if, you know, a- if you're a 10-year-old kid, you're not going to notice that. That's going to be a surprise. And I, I think know. that's – and again, that's another thing you have to always remember watching the show is this is still a kid's cartoon. With all the exactly, adult, yeah. with all the violence that's in it, with all the adult, I, you know, I don't mean adult as in like sexually, but like the adult no. themes that are in it, the deeper themes, all that stuff, which is the reason why we love it so much. It's still a kids' cartoon, so um, yeah. you know there there has to be those elements in there as well, which I and I think this one does stuff like that pretty well. Um, oh yeah. You know what's another problem with the episode is again you you already touched on it earlier er, earlier with it being not like a Batman story or or a Batman villain or something that Batman doesn't really play into. There's no action, none. There's the little ah, bit of action of really. him chasing. Every action involves him chasing a robot. Yeah, on the glider or whatever. Or yeah, or his own equipment attacking him. Like there's oh, no. Oh yeah, the, the the cliffhanger. There's no there's no action in it because it's just, wow. you know, he, I mean the, the most action and the best action in the whole episode is when him and Barbara are being attacked by the robot of Harvey Bullock. That that's the best action in the whole two episodes. Oh yeah. And then the, the that's done well. Off whatever. Yeah. That's sure. freaking creepy because the other thing with that, so the robot Harvey attacks him. They don't know it's a robot and yeah, Barbara does. They kill it. Like, yeah. Barbara's like, like they kill it. Traumatized. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I couldn't believe. I mean, obviously, we, we, you know, they're able to get away with we stuff know. like this because it's a robot. Right. But even still, like, it's pretty 
brutal, especially for Batman who doesn't kill. I mean, he just kind of goes right forward, just throws him right off the roof. Uh, yeah, that was a bit of a gamble. <laughs> right into the freaking light, and he, as far as they know, this he's dead. Yeah, as you said, Barbara literally starts to cry. Um, and then of course yeah, he heavy does stuff. the does the pop up surprise. Face no, oh, now it's yeah. Yeah, all the skin breaks off, and now it's a robot. Um, and then Batman yeah. decapitates it. Um, <laughs> but anyway, that that that's probably my favorite part of the two episodes. I thought that was really well done. I thought that was yeah, really well done. They did a good job of incorporating Barbara in there to where she's not, you know, she's not Batgirl. She's not doing much, but she's still, like, not in the way. Like, like she shows competence, even though yeah, I mean, like it's, it's way above the... her head and she can't really do much, but she knows that, but she she is still able to help. I think they do a good job of planting these seeds throughout this whole episode. They don't overdo it where it's oh, like, sure. oh, she's going to be Batgirl, so of course she can just randomly do all this stuff. It's like... Yeah. No, not really, but there's the little threads and seeds being planted of, okay, she might be capable of of doing something one day, and I think they do a really good job. Again, that that's another really strong thing with this episode. Even though it doesn't really fit, Oh yeah, they do a really good job introducing Barbara Gordon in this. Yeah, it's like the way they introduce her is totally fine. It just You just wish it, it was had been done episode. in a better setting. Right, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um but uh, but they do a good job with uh, all that. I also love the little Gordon thing of Gordon being a dad, because this is the first time we've oh, seen yeah. that part of Gordon oh, in sure. this show, yeah. and it's a great it's a great part of that character. It really yeah. adds a whole th- third dimension to this uh, to the Commissioner Gordon character that we haven't seen yet on you know on this show. Not I mean, this. Yeah. You know, we've seen. Obviously, he's been he's fantastic, Commissioner Gordon, and we've seen him as that. But it adds that whole father element, which is uh, they do a really good job this whole show with that element. But this is the first time we could see that of him, even him, you know, being attached to her old teddy bear, and that is oh, yeah. that's hilarious. Where because <laughs> he he introduces her to Bruce Wayne, and uh, you know she has this bear, and he's like, oh, that's n- nice, nice bear, and she's like, yeah, Dad always brings it to pick me up at the train station. <laughs> Gordon's so just <laughs> embarrassed by it. He's like, oh, well, he, he knows the way better than I do. <laughs> yeah, was, I, I was like... Um, and, and it yeah, plays into like, it later with the robot thing. Like, this does a good job. Actually, this episode does a really good job of, of uh, planting seeds like that and foreshadowing things. I think this does yeah. a good job of it. I Like, the writing for the episode is, is again, is good. Um because that's a great moment when he does get replaced and immediately the robot comes over and knocks the bear out. It's a really good moment yeah, right nice. there. Um, and they do the same thing with the with the with uh, that glider thing at the beginning because the glider gets broken. And so, of course, it's being pulled up on that, like, you know, whatever contraption is. And then later it attacks him. But it was set up earlier, you know, in the first at the yeah. beginning. I think they, they do a good job setting. They do a good job setting up stuff in this episode. Oh, totally. Yeah. Again, the, the execution is all good. And I like the whole... Um element of really showing you know gordon as the father figure because always reminds me of a uh, year one yeah, yeah 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 i was thinking the same thing yep but uh yeah, yeah. so of course it turns into robots starting to take important people <laughs> and replace them or the the ai hard is starting to kidnap uh using the assistant Probably, which is yeah. an, which is a robot to take a bunch of uh a bunch of um 
important people. people like Gordon, the mayor, uh, they replaced Rossum and, and they're, they're trying to replace Bruce Wayne and, uh, all that with, with robots. Of course, Batman figures that out, goes over and is able to, able to stop and, and destroy Hardak. But, uh, but yeah, well, you know, it's, back. yeah, but it's, you know, it, it's, it's fine. It's well, it's well written. Uh, too much is crammed in. Um, yeah. too many story threads that don't really fit being put in there as well, but, but the execution of pretty much everything is done. It, it, it does well. It is, is done well. Um, so again, yeah, not nearly near the top of the list with episodes, but definitely not terrible episodes. No, again, like in episodes that I don't ever really ever care to come yeah. back to, but again, the, the, the quality and the talent behind the show can still it still shows even in the week in the weaker episodes no doubt exactly all right so a little bit about these episodes um most of this stuff we've already said there's a few little little nuggets here uh william sanderson who plays carl rossum is best known in the movie blade runner which obviously is another thing very similar oh, we just to this about, movie yeah. they literally call oh, sure. the robots duplicants um in, in this episode, obviously, instead of replicants. And, um, yeah, just obviously, the, uh, uh, Randa, the, the AI girl, is Inchwoman, modeled, yeah. modeled after Marilyn Monroe. Yeah. Uh, let's see. The Carl Rossum name comes from the 1921 Czech play, RUR, um, which introduced the word robot into the English language. Oh. Uh, the title stand. The title R U R stands for Rossum's Universal Robots. Um, oh. And another reference to the play is Randa Dwayne's car license plate, which says R U R. So that's pretty oh, interesting. Wow, that's... You talk about a deep dive with freaking yeah, uh, what's his name, Bryn Stevens, who wrote it. Someone is a sci-fi n- like nerd to the max. No kidding. Uh, that's All very. Right, well, that's very impressive. That is impressive. All right, credit there. So, yeah, just a couple of interesting notes with that. Um, It aired November 16th, 1992, and then November 17th, 1992. And they actually have pretty high ratings on IMDb, an 8 and an 8.1 for the two Heart of Steel episodes. I mean, to be fair, most of the episodes are are highly rated. So That's true, yeah, as they should be. Uh, Yeah, for sure. Um, And... uh, yeah, so that is Heart of Steel, part one and part two. All right, moving on to another episode. We got, if you're so smart, why aren't you rich? And we're introduced to Edward Nigma, a.k.a. the Riddler, voiced by the incredible John Glover, who we've already sung praises of for like 10 minutes at the beginning of the show. <laughs> and uh, th- this is this is a very bizarre episode, but it's a just such a perfect Riddler episode. I mean, everything about oh, it totally. is done so well. Obviously, everything is all about this maze game that Nigma created, and then he's basically taken advantage of by the company that was hired him to design the game, where he's cut out of all the royalties, and so that's where that's the whole plot of um, where the revenge. It's a plot of revenge. That that's the whole point. Very simple, set up very well, not too complicated. Just enough backstory to get the character, and then we just get to see the Riddler just cause havoc for the whole episode, pretty much. 
Yeah, like it's crazy. Like the the previous episodes, granted they were a two parter. You know, they feel like they were definitely slow. But I feel like this episode just flies by. Yeah, it's like so I, like fast. I don't know what it is. Yeah, but like again, I think this is you know perfectly pacing again because you get that little bit of introduction of of Nigma in the beginning of his job where he gets fired by uh, I forget the guy's name the the boss. It's uh, Mockridge, um, so, Daniel Mockridge. Not Mockridge, yeah. Um, so you, again, you get all the motivation right there. Then you get the little two years later cut, I think, mm-hmm. and it's you know Mockridge pitching his company or whatever to uh, Wayne in uh, Wayne, uh, and then you know that's when he sees a little chiron or whatever billboard with the riddle and it's like boom perfect like again the episode just flies by but it doesn't waste any time it just Mm -mm. gives you everything you need Mm -hmm. um yeah no you know definitely um and then they set up the riddle of the minotaur game you have robin playing it at the beginning on the giant (laughs) back computer and then alfred just walks in he's just like this game must be very important for you to be using up a 50 million (laughs) million dollar computer (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I believe that a computer is worth fifty million dollars. Oh yeah, especially in nineteen ninety two. Oh my god, that yeah. thing's enormous. Like that thing would be worth almost that much now for to get a computer that yeah. big. Um, yeah, that that's that's pretty funny. That's pretty funny. I like I like that a lot. Um, and the and, game looks terrible too. <laughs> oh well, yeah. Doesn't that look fun? Mm, no, it, it reminds <laughs> me of like those uh, like school-based computer games that you play yeah that's what it reminds me of one of those games i, I swear yeah. there's probably been a game exactly like that um oh i'm sure those games just annoyed me so much because my parents especially being homeschooled be like a thing of like oh yeah you can play on the computer if you play these and it's like yeah if you play the great math games, yay like, i'm playing oh. a video game but i have to solve math problems yeah give me some uh, organ trail oh my gosh that's the worst what yeah, Oregon Trail was just like like masochist it. the game. It was terrible. <laughs> it's literally all right. You got all your equipment. You got like nine, you know, ninety days worth of supplies. All this stuff. The three days die of dysentery. Like every time. Yeah. Like there's no oh. no way around it. You just you will die within a week of game <laughs> like right. of the game. Easy. Yeah, it's like oh, you and your family are ready to head out west. You're all prepared, and you're all dead. You're all like dead. what? Immediately, <laughs> game and over. It'll do the thing where it's like oh, uh, wife has ter- gotten sick with something. You're like okay, uh, medicine here, this, this, and dead. And then you're just like, well, <laughs> yeah. well what's the point? <laughs> if anyone has actually done anything and gotten anywhere on Oregon Trail, please tweet us at Uncaped Review and let us know because I don't know a single person that has ever had any sort of success with that video game ever or with that computer game. The only. Anyway. The only- the only thing I remember actually like ever being fun in that game or like ever getting like as far to is like when you got to uh, like hunt squirrels and you had to shoot, <laughs> had to shoot them. But that was pretty much it. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, I do remember that. That was fun. Um. Anyway, yeah, that, that's what it reminds anyway. me of. It's it's an early '90s educational game. That's what it seems like. But it's a big Nin- deal. '90s kids will get that. It yeah. was. Yeah. Exactly. Um. But anyway, so that that's kind of the whole thing. It's this big game. They've made now a. Th- you know, a whole addition to the theme park with the whole riddle of the Minotaur maze, um, in Gotham. It's, you know, it's a big deal. And, uh, but Nigma isn't too happy about it, obviously. So he's got his whole revenge set and he just starts to basically play with Mockridge. But again, not a whole lot happens in this episode. Like you were saying, like it moves so fast. It goes from him being fired to him, immediately kidnapping uh mockridge 
you know, getting away from Batman by shooting the Chinese finger puzzle on Robin. And then and then you have that's the maze, real. which is the whole rest of the episode. And that's it. There's like kind of three yeah. different things of the yeah, episode. Perfect. Um, really concise and perfect flows pacing. really, really well. And uh, yeah, but we it's a great. Is this other than the two face reveal at the end of part one? Is this the best character intro of anyone in the show? Ooh, because it's great. It is. It is good. Yeah, the way they the way they cast him in shadow at first, and then like even when he is like revealed, it's like the animation is just a little bit darker and different looking. Um, it's so menacing yeah, it's, of it's, an intro. It's done very well because he's it just is, sitting especially there behind... coming from a. Go ahead. Oh yes, yeah, it's, it's menacing given the fact, like, which is surprising. Like when you look at the actual design of the character, that's the last thing you kind of think of. So the fact that they're still able to get that emotion is pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, how how Mokra just walks into the nightclub. You just see, you know, the outline of Nigma in the chair behind the desk, all dark, and then he just kind of leans forward, and you only see like the hands and like the, his eyes. Yeah. And then you just see kind of the outline of him later, and they don't really they don't reveal the whole thing until Batman shows up, and then he comes down the stairs, and then you just get the full Riddler shot, and it's that that it's a great moment. It's great. It is a great oh, yeah. moment. Um, and, I, and, and I like how um, I like how Batman like it also immediately knows that it's Enigma too, and he, like even he points that out. He's like, okay, maybe you're not a complete idiot. It's like, cause who else? <laughs> yeah, I also just love this. And again, it goes back to John Glover, but this like aura of just total arrogance to like the highest degree. And it's played so well right from the beginning yeah. where he doesn't know Batman's name. Like where yeah, he acts yeah. like he doesn't know Batman's name. He's like, oh, bat something or whatever. It doesn't matter. You're all beneath me. Like that is such a great little moment. And he just acts like that the whole time. How how he's constantly battling with being like frustrated with batman but also enjoying the fact that he's actually a quote unquote you know like worthy adversary that's that yeah. that's just done so and again that that's that's right up john glover's wheelhouse and that i i would not be surprised if this is how he even got the lionel luther role because it's it's, oh, it's, yeah. it's it's almost the same type of delivery for you know for the lines and it's this above everyone else like aura that he just nails yeah and credit to john glover i like that i like how he isn't just doing trying to do an impression of frank gorshin's really yeah. i like how he is much different and like again this works too just as well but for yeah, different reasons yeah it's a very very different riddler than that much more sinister uh Again, the, the the like the air of superiority feeling that he has is Again, yeah, it's not. There's like... no physicality with him at all. Zero. No. None. None. He does not Nor fight. Does he need does to not be. do anything. Again, yeah. that's the whole point of this character. Yeah. He's too smart to get in a fight with Batman. <laughs> exactly. Only and... an idiot would be like, I'm gonna fight Batman and beat him. It's like unless you're Bane, maybe no. Right. Yeah. The, <laughs> that's you know, true. A handful. Yeah. You know, Clayface. Bane. You know, there's a couple of those, but. For most right. of the time, it's it's about trying to outsmart him, and that's the whole point of trying yeah. to 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 do that. And um, so yeah, so we got to get to the maze once they get there. They figure it out because of a uh, he hack he hacks or he takes over the power grid 
at Gotham. Oh, yeah. It makes the whole city flash in Morse code, which I feel like would just wreak havoc way more than... Oh, my God, yes. Episode. But <laughs> whole city is flashing Morse code. I'm shocked Batman doesn't know Morse code. He has to put it oh, in yeah, his little hand computer, and I'm like, okay, come on. Batman well, definitely he, he, knows Morse code. He at least can recognize as Morse code, but yeah, yeah you would but like he would know that. He no, come on. He he's he knows Morse code. That that was a little, that was a little lame. Yeah, um, Morse code, also known as like the writing like ex machina that people always use. Like, just yeah. watch Parasite. You know? <laughs> yeah, no, that that's no, that's very true. Everyone always knows Morse code in movies and TV oh, shows. Oh yeah, it's like, I don't I don't know a single person in real life who know even no. even in the army. I I I, I know anyone who knew Morse code. <laughs> yeah, because we don't use telegraphs anymore. Like it's not. It's not no. needed. <laughs> yeah, only weirdos know that. Like, I don't know. Maybe so more right people knew in the like... 90s. Maybe more people knew Morse code in the 90s than now. I don't know. Maybe. Even then, we had we had telephones and stuff. But it's like, yeah, you're so right. In movies, it's always like, oh, I know. I used to be a Boy Scout or something. Or my father used to teach us Morse code. I know it's like, so what? many former Boy Scouts, and none of them know Morse code. Uh, no. I know I Eagle Scouts that don't know Morse code. Uh, anyway. No, you're totally right, though. That's, that's funny. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Anyway, they figure out where he is, and so they get to the thing. They get to the maze at the amusement park, and somehow the Riddler has reprogrammed everything in there to be deadly. And I'm sitting there, and I'm like, yeah. uh, so, because, like, there's some stuff where the clues and everything are right into death traps. So yeah. what's the regular maze? Did he just change everything or is the real maze designed to like scare the crap out of people i i guess the real maze is like just like a corn maze it's like oh the fun is just getting through the maze it was probably just this empty like so giant how did freaking he arena. add in blades that come out of the walls and giant oh razor things that shoot across the pathway and then well fire breathing dragon robots that fall how did he come up with all this stuff and when did he put install it well, to be fair, you know, the whole two-year gap, you could assume that... But, like, no one years, else is working on this maze? No one else notices that, hey, sure. there's blades in the walls. Uh, how about we Again, that, take those out? That's where the whole kids show, I give a pass. <laughs> but, again, it's like, I could believe that in the two years he spent, like, developing this grand maze, and you know, but adding all the death traps, of course, you know. Sure, sure. Again, a little bit late. But that is pretty funny. I do like how... Sure. They do a good job of showing Batman and Robin actually being smart in this episode, which you oh, yeah. don't always get from this show. Um, Not always. There's been a few episodes where it's like, hey, you know what, Batman's kind of an idiot in this episode. But that is not the case here. Um, oh, yeah. But I do like how they give Robin a lot to do here because he's the one who's played the game and stuff like that. So he actually answers questions, I, I think, even more than Batman as they're going through. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. As they're going through, um, is... which which is nice that that I I like that element because again we haven't had a lot of Robin in the show, and so yeah, only like a third yeah only a handful only a handful of episodes so far so it's nice to see Robin participating and being helpful uh, with the whole scenario so I do I do enjoy that, um, and then, <laughs> and then of course uh, so they have Mockridge tied up in the middle. And he's going to be stabbed by the Minotaur robot. And so they're trying to get there. It's not going well. They're running out of time. So Batman's just like, all right, fine. I'm just getting on this hand of fate. 
which is this somehow flying hand. So they've 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 developed hover technology or something in this world, which I feel like could be put to way better use than a hand yeah. in a maze. Um, also, how many people are allowed in this maze at one time? Because this hand would just be flying around, just picking up people. <laughs> sure, just like, killing people, yeah. Yeah, and uh, but Batman gets on the hand, and then he had taken a piece Three of broken uh, blade on one of the shards of something that came off, so he's able to hack into it. Oh, yeah, they don't have their utility belts. Nigma saw to that. He's yeah, they had to take them off, yeah. So he gets nice in there, detail. then he uses that hand computer, which we've never seen before until this episode. And uh, hacks yeah, into the it. hand to have it fly them right to the middle of the maze. And I kind of like that, too. Batman and Robin don't, like, figure it out and get there on time. Like, they're they're not going to make it. So they have to come up with another way to do it, which is great. Because as soon as he does that, <laughs> you have the Riddler just watching and being like, no, no, no. That is grand scale cheating. <laughs> and so I, I love that. That's that's very funny. And um it. And you wouldn't put it you, you wouldn't put it past this Riddler to make sure that to make it so that the maze of course takes longer than like eight minutes or however long he gives them like that that being the whole point. So it's like I, I can guarantee you that like Batman cheating is like the only way to actually defeat it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um which is the whole point of Batman being smarter than everyone else. Uh, exactly. Yeah, again, yeah. Batman that that's the thing. Batman is not this the reason what makes Batman this perfect character is because he can realize when he can't do stuff and then work around those those limitations and those things. That that's the whole point of the brilliance exactly. of the character. Um yes. which is a great moment. So they get there, they save Mockridge and they solve the riddle of the Minotaur, which is the brain for I'm I don't remember all the it's a long riddle. Um Yeah, so about lobes and Yeah, and, and eyes and, and, and ears and stuff. Um and uh, of course, and then you get another great villain moment where it's like, "Oh, you solved it. Okay, who cares? Kill him." It's <laughs> still gonna die, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, they have to. Fight, Batman has to fight this giant robotic minotaur uh, with a giant sword, and he uses the hand of fate to just crush it. So that's kind of anticlimactic, climactic, I guess. Yeah, and, and you know it's gonna happen. It's like yeah. you're still programmed into the hand, you know. But right. whatever. But. uh that's uh that's 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 pretty good but so they're able to get him and then of course the riddler was never in there the whole time he was already gone uh and not only that he's on a plane how is he live streaming down to the maze in 1992 from a plane hey if he can create the technology for hoverboards <laughs> or whatever he can you can certainly jerry-rig some type of Bluetooth uh, I, <laughs> early 90s technology yeah. like that. Sure. Um, I also love how they have a separate plane flying with them to film the plane because they show oh, a yeah. shot of the plane flying as well. So that's that's nice. very convenient. For, that's very thoughtful of Riddler to go through that much trouble to make sure all the shots work. So that's, that's very uh, cinematic. Yeah, that's, that, that's pretty good. Um, the other thing... Like Riddler gets away, like he's yeah. not caught. He gets right away, and and pretty much and succeeds it, with everything. Like he kidnaps Mockridge and then terrifies him, and then now Mockridge is scared to death of the Riddler ever coming back because they didn't, they never caught him, and that's kind of how it ends. Like he he yeah. kind of won. Yeah, I like. Yeah, I like the ending in this one because it's a little bit dark because like you know it, they mentioned later. I think Robin mentions that like um. 
uh, he like the company sells out to Wayne Enterprises, and you know he gets a big payout, and it's like, oh, well, he, you know, he fired. He was kind of a bad guy. He fired Nigma and ends up getting millions of dollars. But then it's like, uh, no, his life is pretty much ruined because he's like traumatized and like looking over his shoulder and cannot like go to sleep without freaking out. And like you know, Batman makes a, a line about how much is a good night's sleep worth. And uh, mm-hmm. but I like how there's a little bit of that kind of cynical ending to it which you don't typically see in this show no no and and uh, again riddler basically i mean he won he he, he won, basically yeah. broke all Mockridge. that killing him uh yeah. yeah so it is it is interesting and again it's even more surprising that this character is not used more um, yeah, they obviously they obviously meant to with the whole like him getting away in the plane it's you like you knew they were like all right what well, but I, I just i wonder what happened yeah, I don't know. They only bring him back one more time, um, which is another great episode, which is called What is Reality? And that's later in the volume three of the animated series. But um, it is, uh, which is a great episode, too. Um, let's see. There's some few little tidbits in uh, about this episode. So the Riddle of the Minotaur maze, it was adapted into the first stage of of the Riddler level in the Super Nintendo game, The Adventures of Batman mm-hmm. and Robin. So they used, they used it for that. I didn't either. Um, the first challenge is the same riddle as in the episode, um, which the player may solve by entering the letters HB. So there's a little oh. cheat, cheat for anyone with that. Yeah, anyone still has access, yeah. Uh, in the scene... Where Batman and Robin first come across the maze in an amusement park, the word sex can be seen in the background. The S and E are part of the name of a carnival attraction, while the X is hidden as part of the scaffolding that appears just behind it. Um, This happens a lot by animators in different movies where they try and write jokes in there. Oh, yeah, they loved doing that back in the day. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, they did. There's... And some things aren't even like that. Some things are like, pretty yeah, pretty blatant, <laughs> ridiculously blatant. That I don't understand how stuff wasn't caught. But uh, so I never knew that. So that's interesting, I guess. Oh, interesting. Um, let's see. The sound effects used in the Riddle of the Minotaur game are directly taken from Super Mario Brothers. Oh, nice. Hmm. Interesting. I know so that. Told up. Totally stole it from uh. Super Mario Brothers. Um, the ending of the Batman Beyond episode, in in quelling, I think is that that word. It's uh, similar sure. to this episode's ending. Both have like a central character becoming really wealthy at the expense of a villain, but then live in fear of the villain's return and retribution. So that'll be further used later on in Batman Beyond. Obviously, Ritter of the Minotaur is loosely based on the Greek myth of the lap of the Labyrinth. Yeah, with yeah. Theseus and the Minotaur. Yeah. Um, with King Minos and all that stuff. Uh, also, they use the Griffin is in the, one of the things in the maze that ends up breathing fire on them, and that's another mythological uh, reference there. Uh, let's see. The riddles featured in the episode contain a number of references to art, literature, and science. Which is, again, these are pretty, like, this is where it's like, man, this is a kid show, and we got riddles like this? Like, geez, I don't even know most of this stuff. Uh, I know. Like, the phrase, the corn is as high as an elephant's eye, 
is from Oh What a Beautiful Morning, a number uh, obviously from Oklahoma, the musical. Um, and, and and again, as a the answer to that question, they end up the other word for corn is maize. That's how they knew it was in a maze. So that's again pretty, pretty smart, pretty yeah. deep reference there. Uh, they do that losers ahead, um, where it's that's the very first thing that they see, where it says Lo- losers ahead, and then the blades sh- shoot out because it sounds like loses ahead. Um, apparently, if you say it in a British accent, it sounds it's lose it's loses ahead. Um, huh. So that's interesting. Um, let's see, and then they do the musical one with the uh, the three different keys with eight. C and D, oh, yeah, yeah. A, C and D, because A has three sharps, D has two, and C has none. So, Robin figures that one out. Um, yeah, that's cool. And then they obviously they use that human brain one, and they do the one with uh, the um, oh, what, what was the one about in the eating with the right, always using right hand. Oh, Arabic, yeah, 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 yeah the Arabic. Arabic. Um, yeah. So those were those were some of the riddles in there, but. Uh, yeah, definitely a good episode. I like this one a lot. I like this Riddler a lot, and really wish it was used more. Um, it's really a shame that we didn't get more John Glover Riddler in uh, in the series. We're only going to get to see him more one John more time. John Glover is always a good thing. Oh, for sure, for sure. Damn shame. It is. Uh, this episode has an 8.3 rating on IMDb. It aired November 18th, 1992, so right after those uh, those other two episodes. Um. Nice. Yeah, so that does it for those episodes for this week. Next week, we'll be back in the Batman 1966 TV show where we are going to be closing out season one. So it's kind of a kind of a big deal for that. We will be finishing the last two episodes of the first season, um, and then we will be in season two for a long time because it is a very long time. Yeah. Very long season. Season it'll be one, like a year. Yeah, it'll be a long time. Because uh, season one is, you know, it's sitting there about, what, what is it, 28, 30 episodes, something like that, like a normal season. And uh, then season two is like 60. It's like two seasons rolled into one for some reason is uh, season two. Very, very long. But we have, <laughs> we're going to finish it out pretty strong with Penguin. We got Fine Finny Fiends oh, yeah. and Batman Makes the Scenes. So that's what... Uh, that's what we're going to watch and talk about on next week's episode of the End Cape Crusaders nice. Review. Um, any final thoughts on these episodes, Ian? No, I mean, again, it's, it's always a pleasure to have the great John Glover grace us with his presence, even if it is only for one episode for who knows how long again until we soon see him in the A-Man series. But definitely, definitely a good one. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, Heart of Steel, again, the the talent is all there, but uh, yeah, just maybe uh, maybe don't cash in on the Terminator yeah. craze when you're doing Batman. Yeah, yeah. fair enough. <laughs> all right, so make sure and follow us on Twitter at Uncaped Review. Um, it's where I tweet all the links for the episodes, random other movies that we're watching, and just other random thoughts. Also, make sure and check out our new show Movie Swap on YouTube. Those yes. episodes will drop on Wednesdays. Um, our first episode's already up. I have the link up on the Twitter page, again, at Uncaped Review. Uh, you can check that out. We talk about Rear Window, the Alfred Hitchcock uh, the Alfred Hitchcock classic, and Blade Runner 2049. Um, so make sure and go check those out on YouTube. And then for next week's show, 
we are going to be talking about Munich, and we're going to be talking about 12 Angry Men. So two other uh, classics that we're definitely going to talk about on next week's episode, so make sure and check that out. You can follow me on Twitter at MarkyMarkBrand. You can follow me at IanBarkBark. So do that as well. And uh, that does it for the first of a uh, different version of the of the show. Um, keeping it right around that hour mark and, uh, yeah, we'll be back next week with some Batman 66. So again, that does it for this episode. I'm Mark. I'm Ian. Have a great week.